Uh, welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy as always. How's everybody doing? I feel like that's my that's my intro at this point. Yeah, and I just say, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I've tried to make one that was uh, more radio announcery, but that ain't me. So yeah, I just, I just can't do it. But anyways, thanks for tuning in this week. We have another guest here with us. Um, I don't have a whole lot of stuff to get into news-wise. It's early on in the year, and there has not really been shit that's happened yet. Um, but from what I've seen, like we mentioned before, there's a lot of cool releases in the works. There's a lot of cool labels putting stuff out, um, like Heroes and Martyrs has just put out that never-ending game, 12-inch. I know there's like a new, if you're a fan, I know there's a new Alkaline Trio album coming out soon. And, you know, I've been seeing some stuff pop up. So, But today we have Mark from Time Heist here with us. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Time Heist, they're a straight-edge band out of Denver, Colorado. And sort of on the newer side, what you said, what, 2022 that they formed? 2022. So more recently formed band, but they've already played quite a few impressive shows. And uh, we'll get into that in the interview and everything, but unless... You have anything, Jeremy? We're gonna preview a song off their latest EP, "The Odds Against Tomorrow." Um, we're gonna play the track "Learn to Believe." So follow Time Heist. Uh, their Instagram is in the episode description. Check them out on all streaming platforms, and follow us on Instagram as well, uh, YouTube, TikTok, all that good stuff. Enjoy the show. <laughs> from time heist thanks for jumping on the show and bringing your dog with you yeah thanks for having <laughs> me 
and what's her having her what's your dog's name billy billy and it's a yeah it's a she? Like, like billy jean yeah yeah like billy jean oh, yeah. okay I saw a Motown She's thing earlier, cool. so Michael Jackson was kind of already in my head from earlier. Uh, all right. So I kind of cheated. So anyways, man, thanks for uh, taking the time to be interviewed. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking me. Um, I was uh, leaving my house, and my kid, he's 13, and he's like, oh, what are you going to do? And I told him, he's like, oh, are you interviewing somebody? I told him Time Heist, and he's like, oh, man, I love that band. Sick, and he knew about it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Here crazy. I mean, once you once you brought the band to my attention, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and then I went and listened to the EP. I had already heard him listening to it in his room, and I was like, "This sounds vaguely familiar." And then Whoa. I'm listening to it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, shit!" I was Put like, "Together." Okay. But yeah, that's my, awesome. My kid's big into music. Um, probably picked up by me, I would assume. He's a uh, little punk rocker himself and actually he's kind of more of a metalhead at this point i feel like that's a big thing with younger kids right now like especially like the either metal or like metal influenced hardcore bands that kind of seems to be like what everybody's like super into right now yeah that's a boiling pot man for sure well i mean like look how popular like turnstile and knock loose guy and like you know bands like that that are they're not quite like the traditional hardcore but they're kind of the newer era of stuff like they hit that Mm -hmm. crossover i don't know but time heist is definitely more of a uh straight up straight edge band i don't know you guys kind of remind me of like a mix between like maybe warzone shutdown um, over my dead body and a little bit of the promise maybe it's kind of how you sound yeah amazing. i mean the interesting melting pot <laughs> i mean that's like you know i mean it's like i got a side like a side love of straight edge music i've never been straight edge um i never would be it's not my flag to fly but i fucking love this shit because it's just so passionate and pissed the fuck off not so much that yours is so angry which i, I do like the positive side of it yeah, I, like all those bands that you mentioned, like are definitely like at least like influences of mine. The person who wrote all of our songs, like up to this point, Robert Cheeseman, um, when him and I started the band, like we kind of bonded over this love that we had for early two thousands indecision bands. Oh like, yeah, were on that label. So, Stay Gold, Faded Gray, Count Me Out, Over My Dead Body, uh, all the time flies like all that stuff that was coming out at that time that was like it was fast and like it had an, an edge to it um or it was pissed off or whatever but it was also really melodic and yeah, yeah. really catchy uh because like robert like played in pop punk bands he was in that band day trader uh he's in another band called the Haverchucks, and uh so like that that catchiness that melody is like something that we wanted to have in our music uh where it wasn't just like like in your face fast hardcore it had like a little bit more like melody to it oh definitely uh, it's uh like super catchy man like and you can definitely tell you guys are like musicians and are songwriters or robert cheeseman is mm -hmm. and uh you know over just like intro verse chorus breakdown and it's all like you know fuck you 
kill a cop, you know, blow some shit up. Like, I like that you're saying positive shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I'll I'll say all of those things just in a positive way. Right. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sneak that stuff in on the next record. It's just sure. like nice to hear it, though, in, in a um, melodic oh. kind of poetic way, you know, the actual mm-hmm. thought into it. And it sort of gives it its own feel, too. Definitely. Instead of just being, like, cut and dry, this is straight-edge hardcore. Like, it gives a, it's a little bit of, like you said, melodic feel on it, which I appreciated. And it's not, and all the lyrics aren't all about straight-edge either, which is definitely cool. Or maybe they are, but I don't have to take them that way. I think some are kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, there are like two songs on the record that are like kind of like overtly about straight edge, but I didn't like I didn't really want to write about just about straight edge because I don't think that that like encompasses like the human experience that other people can relate to. Right. Um, and we're definitely like not the kind of band that's like if you're not straight edge, fuck you. We're you know like the, a lot of the lyrics are like about positivity about. Um, self-determination and like you know like pushing through adversity and things like that and I think that's that's stuff that everybody can relate to in one way or another and you know I think we're not saying anything like wildly different than any other like hardcore bands like I mean we're basically like if you take like terror like the first lowest of low Uh we're saying kind of like the same stuff that Scott Vogel is saying on those songs, we're just saying it differently. Definitely. Um, so. on, on that split, I really like the song uh, Never Too Late, where you kind of have that, like, Civ mm-hmm. nod, that Gorilla Biscuits nod. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like that. Like, I can listen to that in the morning, and that'll, like, put me in a good mood to be, like, yeah, I can kind of in, like, a fuck the world kind of mood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's good well, yeah, that, that's, that's funny. That's how that you reference it is. It's it's definitely like kind of geared more towards like people on the older end of the like hardcore fan spectrum because like I'm 42 and that one was like was definitely influenced by like, like an idea of like you know like no, no whatever you've been waiting to do just fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that I say definitely a lot. I'm sorry, I need to stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me it it uh, gives me that feeling. It puts that it definitely mm-hmm. puts that fire. See, I said it again in my belly. So, I mean, it's I like yeah. it. I love that. It's awesome. Again, that's why I was thinking about Warzone. You know, because they used to cover all those straight edge songs, but they weren't straight edge. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Warzone like definitely kind of like made it cool to have that positive attitude to like be about unity and be about like the, you know, the idea of like having like a, a positive outlook. I feel like, yeah, know, like there's a, a better games, way. I think that's, yeah, that's more what like war zones known for. Yeah, I would agree. So when did you guys start time heist originally? Was this a spawn had... of a pandemic band? No, we, me and Robert Cheeseman were in a band called implied risk that was a pre-pandemic band that kind of fell apart during the pandemic mm-hmm. um, because we just like couldn't couldn't get it together to practice and people kind of lost interest and 
whatever, but Robert and I had talked about doing the straight edge band. And after we had kind of like decided implied risk was totally done. And then it was like, all right, well, what do we do now? Do you want to do the straight edge band? Yeah, let's do it. And we kind of took it from there. And uh, I think, so we, we kind of initially, like Robert and I, just the two of us, quote unquote, formed the band or created the band probably in the summer of 2022. And then we had the demo out or the EP out um, October of 2022. Okay. Played our first show October of 2022. That's a really, really good sounding first EP, I will say. A lot of... um... Yeah, I attribute a lot of that to um robert's technical ability he uh went to like school for um like sound engineering uh he had worked under uh kurt blue at um god city City. for a while get out of town that's awesome so he 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 knew what he was doing when uh when we recorded stuff so i think that that helped us out a lot well i noticed on the back of the split that um I actually received today that he was um, the oh, engineer awesome. on the back because that's like I had a question because I was like how you know the, I really like the sound and how your vocals are mixed in and they're not super buried but they're not too bright you know they're like they sit in there nice mm-hmm. and um so that was cool that I was like okay and then I also noticed that there is a doctor in the band yeah Dr. Robert Garcia yeah so what's he a doctor of uh, I think he has his doctorate in education, I think. Really? So he's not like a medical doctor. Well, no, no, not a, at all. But still, has, you have a doctorate in your, you know. In education, yeah. And you're in a hardcore band? Like, taking over, man, taking over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our drummer, well, no, he's the only one that has like a, a higher degree. I'm a welder. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I, don't have a, I have no degrees. <laughs> Oh uh, no! I mean, you, I couldn't weld anything. So you're you're way ahead, way ahead. When society collapses, your skills will be much more important than mine are. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you but, have um, a weld. Yeah, as long as there's electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But some somebody's gonna need to weld shit together. Yeah. But Can't uh, make a yeah, we there was like some bondo. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, in in order to differentiate between the two Roberts, we Robert Cheeseman's nickname is is Queso or Cheese, oh, so we would call okay. him Queso or Cheese, and then other Robert we would call him Doc. Makes sense. Yeah. So, on that um, EP, are you um, having that remastered by Heroes and Martyrs? I believe. Yeah. So we did. Um, we wanted to repress it and we decided not to repress it with crime wave, which was the original label that put it out. So we wanted to, we wanted to kind of make it like as much of a new thing as we can. So we had James Carroll who did the original art kind of do a remix of the artwork for the jacket and do like a proper insert for it because we didn't have a proper insert for the first pressing. And then, um, we had it remastered by Brad Boatwright and um, we added 
an eight song live set to the b-side the original b-side was just a silkscreen artwork oh, on the okay. b-side and so we put that live set on the b-side to kind of add something else to the release and that actually the order for the vinyl went in today oh that. really yeah when, so when pre-orders, pre-orders will hopefully start in a couple weeks right on when is the release date for that like the shipping date um it, i'm not 100 percent sure because like we just put in the order today so we're not really sure like what the turnaround is looking like for the plant okay. um with rec- with record store day coming up and a lot of like bigger labels like putting in orders yeah um i don't know how that's gonna affect it but we're using the same pressing plant that we've used for the last two releases and they've blessed us with really good turnaround times so hopefully that'll continue and this one won't take too long to get back to us yeah it seems like there's a few indie plants out there that have like a decent turnaround on smaller runs of things instead of having to get it Mm -hmm. into somewhere like i don't know third man for instance who's doing major label releases and represses of like legacy musicians and shit like that so it's mm-hmm. cool that, to see that there's some indie labels or plants that are you know helping the indie bands get their shit out there in a reasonable time so they don't have to release something mm-hmm. and then get it a year down the road like how it was for a while yeah and i know like there was especially during the pandemic when like a lot of these uh, pressing plants were running behind on production there were some plants that like turned that some plants that work with independent artists that were getting hit up by major labels to do these like you know 50,000 copies of a Dolly Parton record or something like that and um, some of those plants actually turned those down because they knew it would just completely fuck over all the independent artists that they were working with fuck good for them man I- I mean, they do it, too. They do it. They do it. No, I know. They do it all the time. I mean, look at how many times Fleetwood Mac gets repressed. Oh, yeah. And I think the, I won't, I won't mention the name of the the plant that I heard about this, but they, the guy that I know told me that they got hit up to do, yeah, I think it was like 50,000 copies of the Dolly Parton record, and they were only going to be sold at Cracker Barrel. What? (laughs) I didn't even know Cracker Barrel sold records. Cracker Barrel, they, fucking apparently exclusive. they do now. Yeah, our Cracker Barrel just sells liquor and lottery tickets. But I know there's like some of them that have like <laughs> there's the Cracker Barrel like restaurant. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The restaurant, and then there's like ones with candy shops and shit in them or whatever. But yeah, ours is just like yeah, ours is like right next door to a homeless shelter, so it's just like prime time. Okay, drink like it is always busy there. But there's no restaurant and stuff. It's like uh, just pretty much a liquor store. Speaking of liquor and well, straight edge, I, how is that out in Denver? Uh, it's it it's interesting. There's there's definitely not a big straight edge scene here. Um, there are kids who are straight edge that come to shows, but it's definitely not as big as it is in, in some other places. Mm-hmm. But yeah, living in like like especially like when rec marijuana was like first legalized here the boom of it was like it felt like living in an issue of high times 
Dude, like I, every... I, I mean, I can only remember TV then. Like yeah. every news, they were like, "There's a million people." I'm just getting my bag, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the people. People went nuts, and like everybody, everybody that could open their own dispensary, and so it was it was nuts for a while. But like, yeah, you know, on the the other side of that, like it was good for the Colorado economy. Like, oh, a lot I'm of sure. places that had been Boom. like vacant buildings like were occupied now and um gave a lot of people jobs and stuff like that but it was like like i i don't mind people that smoke weed but i think weed culture is just corny as fuck oh yeah and so like to be like basically like just completely blasted with that for however long it was like when the initial like excitement about marijuana happened it was like uh okay i'm fucking over it like you can only get it jay and silent bob for so long (laughs) yeah yeah and like colorado has like an insane amount of breweries and it's it's interesting because like you when you meet people that's like a lot of what people bond over here like especially like normal people like not not as much punk rock people but you know they like talk people talk about like their favorite breweries and they wear their brewery t-shirts and that's how they socialize is they they go to breweries every weekend and they take their dogs and it's like this big social thing here so like when you tell people that you don't participate in that it weirds them out a little bit oh Um, i I, we we get that and we're not even straight edge like mm-hmm. it's kind of like that around here in the sense of if you're not like walking your dog and going to the you know and drinking then like something's wrong with you we get that mm-hmm. for sure yeah but um it's it's interesting i was like I, I read a lot of news articles and i was reading a couple of re- the decline in alcohol sales and how um like the alcohol industry has taken a big hit in the last couple of years and there's starting to be breweries like in Colorado that are going bankrupt. And it's, it's kind of interesting because now you see a lot more non-alcoholic beer in like grocery stores, especially. And, you know, like I'm going to admit this. I drink non-alcoholic beer. I like it. Okay, before before I, you get past that, I have a follow up question. Okay. Is it like the taste of it, or or what is it? Because like to me, like I'm not a drinker, so I don't like beer, but like alcoholic or uh-huh. non-alcoholic, it doesn't matter. But when I think NA beer, I think like like Bush. <laughs> so NA, do you know I. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, and, and it'd be like the, the, the guys. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd be like the guys that are like, oh, I I can't drink right now. I got to start my car with a a breathalyzer so i'm drinking an a beer and um Mm -hmm. so i always like associated it with that but like what is the the benefit i guess to drinking an a beer i imagine there's fancier ones by now for me personally i like the taste of beer right i i liked the taste of beer when i drank Uh and i like i've been straight for 21 years so i wasn't drinking during the time where like craft beer was a big thing right so like i up until i started drinking na beer i had no idea what an ipa tasted like i had no idea what like a you know a lot of these like fancy beers 
you know, kind of do. Tastes like a ringed out gym sock. (laughs) That's, you know, I like, I, some of them, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. My, my wife is like, like trying to cut down on drinking and she's been drinking like my NA beers that, that I get. And according to her, there's like certain brands that we buy that are like are really close to the real thing as far as taste. Right. Yeah, you got her but, in there to like test that against. Yeah, I mean, like she, yeah, she, she knows better than I do. And like I, I work at a restaurant that has a bar, and I bartend, and the beer reps have been bringing us non-alcoholic beer recently to like try out in the bar. Uh, so it's becoming a big thing. And like I watch, I watch a lot of soccer, and like Premier League and stuff like that. And the advertisements for Heineken Zero are like constant on Premier League games right now or the um, Ashi Super Dry which is like the Japanese beer and then the like non-alcoholic version of it um, there's advertisements for those like all over the place and like ab- like billboards for non-alcoholic beer like all over Colorado now so it's like Damn. becoming a huge thing I'd like, like to say I'm surprised but I'm not because I've seen like water weird. bars like with fancy oh. water and stuff so uh-huh. like it's mm-hmm. not surprising. When I when I uh, drank, I just, like, especially beer, man, I just drank to get fucked up. I wasn't trying, you know. So, like, I don't, I guess I don't really like the taste of beer. But I just wouldn't drink. I never really liked, um, liked drinking, though, I guess. So I, I wouldn't want the, the N.A. Bush. I just think N.A. Bush, I guess, or That's whatever. what I always think of, too. So but I find you, it hard yeah. to pay, like, ten bucks for... Like whatever you know. Are you ever like drinking an NA beer at a show, and like some straight yeah. edge kid comes <laughs> up to you all confused, like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like, you just uh, got up there and played this straight edge set, and now you got a Heineken in your hand." Well, like I, I wasn't sure how how like younger kids would react to it, so I asked um, Alex from Moral Law, who's a, like a vegan straight edge band from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's young. He's like in his early twenties. And I was like, Hey, what do you think about NA beer? And he was like, Oh, I was drinking one the other day. Weird. <laughs> I was like, okay. So like, it's cool. He's like, yeah. Like who fucking cares? Like, well, okay, yeah, so that's like, not, uh, there's a no younger kid. Drug in it. Yeah. So like, I, I, I looked to him as like the authority of, as like the younger straight edge people in Colorado. Yeah. And if it's cool with him, I'm assuming it's cool with everybody. Okay. That shit, I've never, I learned something new today. I've never heard of, uh, I guess I never thought about that, like, just to put that into perspective. Because, like I said, we associate it with, like, cheap, shitty N.A. beer. So I'm just, like, picturing, you know, fucking throwdown up there, like, drinking an O'Doul's. Like, I don't know, it just seemed Yeah, to Tecate <laughs> Zero or something. Yeah, I don't know. just seemed yeah. odd to me. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, if it was... Yeah, if it was like bullshit stuff that like didn't taste good, I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't drink it anyway because like I I you know right. I I value good tasting foods, good tasting beverages and stuff like that. But like a lot of it for me was like I don't like soda. Okay. Like I, I every really time either. I drink, yeah, every time I drink a Coke, I just feel gross. Yeah. Like from all <laughs> the sugar and I don't like diet sodas. Like those, they're just gross. And like, I don't, 
really like like the flavored waters like the polar or like any of that shit and like it gets kind of boring only drinking like coffee tea and water which <laughs> is basically like all i was drinking yeah i just drink tea and water basically with ginger ale occasionally mm-hmm. yeah so i wanted to add i wanted to add something to like you know my beverages that you know wasn't like wasn't going to make me feel gross or like have a ton of sugar in it or have a ton of salt in it. Right. But it was something like, you know, it's easy to enjoy. Um, and it kind of like filled that gap for me. But yeah, Alex from Moral Law said it was cool. So <laughs> he's the gatekeeper for go, the younger yeah. the young go, generation. Go with that. <laughs> you yeah. got to listen to the Straight young community. <laughs> yeah. That's funny though. I never, I never thought about that. I wonder if there's gonna be like a whole wave now of like any beer drinking straight edge bands that are that the from the outside looking in, people are like, wait a minute, they're drinking. Well, like I remember people always drinking like root beer at parties. Like mm-hmm. around here, like the straight edge kids would drink root beer or we'd like get into shotgun fucking Mountain Dews. And uh so I could see and they all that. have diabetes now, right? No, 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 he's good. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I could see how that could, you know, take off now. It's just I guess it's it just seems weird because we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And I'm I'm not like, you know, trying to like endorse um You're like, like any beer drinking. Like this it's, it's like a it's okay. You but can do it. I, d- I wanted to I wanted to admit it and I want to get it out there because there is gonna be some kid at some point that's gonna see me at a show. Yeah. drinking an athletic or a Heineken Zero, and they're going to be like, they're going to think it was a real beer. And I'm telling you, it's not. It's NA beer. <laughs> Tell your friend, fuck you. You heard it from the man himself. Okay. At least it's not like the old days where like straight-edge bands were beating people up. For so I, got, I have one shit. question. Could, was it cool? when? Did you drink NA beer when you were with Slapshot? Yeah. Uh, they actually, then that so, makes it cool. Then I'm like, I, it's cool. Uh, Okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out who it was. Don't have to. But that was a that was a that was a three band package. There were two older bands and one younger band. And in one of the older bands that wasn't Slapshot, okay. there's a person who was getting NA Guinness on their rider at every show. What? Huh. No bass, eh? And so when I said, hey, can you throw some of this NA beer on the rider too so I can have some? Yeah. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Sweet. We, that's a good idea. Some Something else to add to it. Nice. Well, we might have to uh, but yeah, it's, get on that later. It's NA beer craze here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny, like, especially, like, you know, as people get older, I know a lot of people who – would like you know a long time ago would have made fun of me for being straight edge or would have like you know had had something snarky to say about it and yeah. now i'm like encountering those same people and they're like oh yeah my doctor says i gotta stop drinking or i'm yeah. pre-diabetic so yeah. i gotta stop like doing this and it's like all that stuff is like starting to catch up with them and they're like huh maybe i should have been and thinking people, about sobriety a little bit more, slowed down a little bit. Like maybe it's maybe this guy wasn't an idiot for not <laughs> right. getting fucked up yeah. with us. 
And people never, like, stop their bad habits until a doctor's like, yeah, you should probably do this or you're going to, you know, you're gonna, you're pre-diabetic or you're going to die or whatever the circumstance mm-hmm. is. Like, it's funny because, yeah. like... Yeah, it's crazy that it takes that much for I some know. people. You'll see people, like, at the gym that are like, oh, yeah, my doctor said I got to start walking and they're, like, 65. I'm like, yeah, that didn't occur to you in life, like, up until this point? <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you're yeah. right though, man. I find it amazing at how lazy people really are, though. You know. Yeah. Well, and like just how people like will ignore like basic health advice. Yeah. And, just like, just men are, don't think about it. It'll go away. Bad about this. Oh, yeah. yeah men, men are especially bad at, at going to the doctor. Like my wife has to yell at me oh, about like yeah, getting checkups and like getting my cholesterol checked and stuff like that. But that's why women live longer. Well, I don't have. We, we don't have time for that kind of stuff, man. There's more important things. Because <laughs> you're too bu- you're too busy welding things, so you can't go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, or talking to you, something, man, something better than going uh, there. Okay. So okay. since well, we're talking about like, uh, not drinking at shows. So how many? How long? I guess you say how many shows have you played? But how long have you been out playing? And um, any plans for future playing? Yeah, so we, we played our first show October, I think it was October 1st, 2022. And we we played like every couple months in Denver. Uh, um, got got pretty lucky and got on some like pretty big shows. Like we opened for Madball and we opened for, we opened for Slapshot when that tour came through here. I um, like Gorilla Biscuits and H2O. Yeah, we opened for, for Gorilla Biscuits. And then we played with like some really good, like you know, smaller touring bands. Like uh, Combust was a who we played with at our first show. I'm trying to remember, it seems like we played a million shows, but I know we haven't. And we did a we did a five day U.S. tour, uh, or sorry, U.S. tour. We did a five day California tour, and we played with uh, like Powerhouse and Omnigon at uh, at Gilman. Powerhouse and, is so tough. Uh, oh yeah. I fucking love that band. Yes, sir. Um, oh, in LA, we played like a, it's kind of like one day fest with uh, like DFL played and um, fuck, who else played? Uh, Count Time. Oh, that's another band um, I fucking dig right now. Yeah. End uh, Days played. I'm trying to remember. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, uh, that five day tour like went really well. Um, we like definitely are trying to make it back to California like sometime this year. But the next thing that we have coming up, oh, and we played Flyover Fest in Oklahoma. That was that was awesome. Very very cool fest. Um, very like awesome crowd. Like I think a lot of people would kind of be like Oklahoma. Like <laughs> no was, one lives in Oklahoma. Yeah, I've never. The, yeah, I don't know. I've never been to Oklahoma. Yeah, no, I don't even think I've like, ever Tulsa's met anybody ever. from Oklahoma, to be honest with you. I don't know that like people that live there like want other people telling people this, but like Tulsa, Oklahoma is actually pretty cool. Yeah, like, they, they wanted there's their like, good food group. there, yeah. good coffee. Like, yeah. It's a good place for a fest. So I would say like anybody, if like, Damn you see the coffee. Flyover Fest lineup and there's people that you, people, bands that you want to see on there, like don't be afraid to go to Oklahoma. It's actually cool. But uh, yeah, so in um, in June we're going to Europe. Uh, we're going to be over there for three weeks, 
we're playing uh the first shows of a festival called ain't like you festival um and, and it's like bane and slapshot integrity considered like tons tons of awesome bands yeah are good and for brain. you man that's fucking sick gbh is on there yeah the casualties I was going to say, why haven't you come to the fucking East Coast, Midwest, but, like, these I get it. These nuts. We're, we're yeah, these nuts is playing. We're shit. working on it. I, we, might, uh, we might be coming that way in, like, August or September. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping our ears, eyes open for that. Yeah. It, like, I, I, like, I really want to go play Buffalo. I really want to go play uh, Detroit. Um, I heard Columbus is popping right now indianapolis like a bunch of bunch of places like that in the midwest like are places that we definitely want to hit as soon as we can it's just it's hard because like, we don't have a van so like for the, the the california tour that we did um we just rented a minivan and borrowed gear like as much gear as we could so like when we when we do these little like week-long like weekend tours or whatever like we're definitely like having to fly there yeah, play the shows expensive. and then fly back. So the logistics are a little bit, a little bit different than if we actually like lived on the East Coast, and all these cities were like just a couple hours from us. Like we got to, it's like eight or nine hours to get to Salt Lake, right. or seven hours to get to New Mexico, or you know, to ten hours to get to Kansas City. So we're like being where we are. It's difficult to like get out and play different places. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize. Like Salt Lake City was that far away, but I mean, you got like mountains and yeah. shit to drive around. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the the drive from here to Salt Lake is the one that like all kinds of bands have like flipped their vans on, and um, like bands have like have had people die like from van yeah, crashes dude. and stuff because that pass from going up through Wyoming across into Utah gets like these crazy windstorms. Now that you mention that, I can think of, I can think of a band that had a wreck, and I think it was out in the Utah area, like, and it was probably that highway you're speaking. Well, of. I think, it, I think it was, was it bleeding through? That's what I was gonna say. Of? It was bleeding through, and they lost all their gear and shit. Like, like yeah, their guitars well, then, snapped. The fuck, everything was lost. They were being interviewed by the news, and, and while they were being interviewed another van crashed oh like on camera behind them holy shit i don't yeah. remember that so i'm gonna have like, to look that up yeah so like that's another thing that we got to consider is like okay well like if we're gonna drive out or borrow a van from somebody like what's the weather gonna be like you know like are Fucking we gonna have death to like, ride <laughs> yeah like are we gonna have to, how many like mountain passes are we gonna have to go through and are they gonna be closed and, and all that stuff so it just yeah for like for being from colorado like you know i i wish that we could do more um but there's like some limitations to that and they're like i mean there are there are bands from colorado that do a lot more touring than we do um like destiny bond and uh moral laws done um a little bit more touring than we have but um they they own their own van so it it's a little bit that's a big difference them. yeah so after the remaster are there any plans for a full length coming up we're the plan right now is we're going to go record a chunk of songs and i i honestly like don't think 
people care about full lengths anymore. Like we do. No one's going to sit down and listen to like a 13 song record, especially for us where like most of the songs kind of generally sound the same. <laughs> um, I, I feel like bands are, are doing it better when they're releasing like shorter releases that come out more frequently. Um, like a, a really good example of that is like conservative military image. Yeah, I, like, I will say that. Drop like, but it, it like it keeps people engaged, um, and you're not like, you know, you're not putting out like one big like 13 song record, and then going two years before you release something else. On the, I'll give you the yeah, but, the, the consumer flip side of that coin, is if a band is pressing or putting out like say five, two, three EPs, and then like dropping all these singles and there's, you know, physical copies, it's almost harder to grab all of that shit sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, it's especially hard when the band is, like, only pressing stuff from European labels. Right, um, right, exactly. And that th- that's definitely something that, like, I'm, I'm, I take into consideration because I'm, I'm a record collector and... I when it when it's a band I like I do want to be able to buy like a physical copy of everything, um, and for for certain bands I'll buy every color and I'll try to buy a test press. So like taking that into consideration, I think like what we did with the the first EP was the the first release of it was on tape. Okay. And then um, you know we were like well, we'd like to press this on vinyl so you know, we were thinking we were going to have to do it ourselves. And then a label came along and was like, Oh, you know, we'll put it out on vinyl for you. So we were like, awesome. So it ended up being a vinyl release um, that sold pretty well. And now we're, we're getting ready to do the second pressing of it. But I think for our future stuff, like we're definitely not going to be like a band that puts out like two songs on a 12 inch every four months or every three months. (laughs) Right. Um, we'll we'll probably do like a tape or like you know something like that then becomes a vinyl release later as like more of a collection of like songs that we put out that seems to be kind of an ongoing thing right now actually i I think that's a good good way yeah well because tapes are cheaper the turnarounds quicker and there's a booming market for them right now but i like that what you're saying about like you let's say you put out six fucking tapes over a couple of years and then put out a double album yeah of all of them or whatever however you want to do that i like that idea as well Mm -hmm. i don't like cold cave did that. yeah that's like yeah cold cave did that um uh old firm casuals did that from what i understand it was pretty intentional but they did like they did that demo the demo came out on vinyl and they did like a couple more singles and they did a ton of splits with other bands. And then they put out um, For the Love of It All, which was like a collection of everything that had come out. Yeah, and then they did like genius. a couple longer longer EPs after that. Yeah, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. And I, I like I like doing splits. Like I I hope that we get to do more of them in the future. There's like there's a couple bands that we've talked to um international bands that we've we've talked to about doing splits and just hasn't hasn't been able to materialize yet but that's something that we're hoping to release like 
in the future is more splits like the one that we did with without love yeah yeah i was gonna say that um i would have never i mean that's the cool thing about splits i guess is i would have never um run across that band and they're great without love i think um, that's the whole, mm-hmm. the whole point of the split no, really it's just is like for one band to help um, bring light to the other and vice versa what did i there was another one that just came bases. out Carried by Six and uh, Hold My Own. That was another dope-ass one that came out. You guys, this, the Time Heist Without Love split that you did, the vinyl for it, is that actually supposed to be Morrissey on the cover, or is it a coincidence? No, well... Okay, so I, I will actually, like... I'll, I'll tell you kind of the story of what happened. So uh, the toy drive that we were doing uh-huh. um, was a Fight Like Hell reunion. And there was a, a guy who played in Fight Like Hell named Joaquin Romero, who was a boxer. Um, and he was a he was a boxing trainer. He owned his own gym. And he passed away a couple like a year and a half ago. And the show was like kind of a memorial to him, but not not overtly. Like it was more like, you know, getting toys for um, you know, like these under underserved communities and stuff like that that we could donate. But um I I wanted to throw like a little bit of a nod to that to Joaquin. Um so he's like a big, you know, big part of like a lot of our lives. And but I like I just had this guy, Chris Watts, um, who's done some art for us in the past. Uh I just told him like draw a boxer, like a traditional tattoo looking boxer. And like I didn't say anything to him about <laughs> joaquin or any of that like I, I think he knew joaquin but he like wasn't really close with him and he sends me back the art and the boxer looks exactly like joaquin that's awesome and i was like uh okay we can't do that like that's that's too it was like it almost like oh it was long. almost like creepy like yeah like how much he looked like him in the art um and i showed it to like the other dudes in the band they were like yeah no we can't use that and uh I was like, okay, well, I have to like figure out a way to like <laughs> tell him to draw this differently so it doesn't it doesn't look like this person. So I was like, yeah, just like make him look like Morrissey, but not Morrissey. <laughs> Pulled it off. And he was like he was like, okay. Yeah. So like if you if you look at it like it doesn't look exactly like Morrissey, but it could be Morrissey. It, it it could yeah. be that brother. It could be like a bastard child we don't know about. It's definitely yeah, definitely close. Yeah, no, it doesn't yeah. look exactly like him. But I was when I seen the picture and I read the hashtags, I was like, oh yeah, it does kind of look like Morrissey. Yeah, well, and like every, especially in Denver, like everybody knows that I'm like a huge Morrissey apologist and Morrissey fan, so that a lot of people like would have automatically made that association with me anyway. So I kind of like wanted to make fun of, make fun of myself in that, that like, yeah, I know it looks like Morrissey, but it's not supposed to be Morrissey, but it kind of is. Fuck that. And we, I like Morrissey. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about his attitude I'm just talking about his music. Well, he's, he's a turd. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. It's funny because there are people that are bigger turds that people when he was younger, yeah. that make fun of Morrissey or like talk shit on Morrissey. It's like, oh, you you like this guy, but you think Morrissey's a piece of shit? Like, nah, it's 
Yeah, I can see that. It, it, yeah, like you're, you know, you're picking and choosing who you, who you're making your villains. <laughs> yeah, I've read like uh, <laughs> I always think back to Marilyn Manson's book where he talks so much shit about Morrissey throughout that whole thing. <laughs> it's funny. Well, yeah, and then and then Marilyn Manson ended up being a way bigger piece of shit than anybody. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think that came as a surprise. <laughs> was, no, no. Like, he no. kind of started off his career with that image and then just wrote it out for this song. Yeah, and, and people were like, oh, wait, it wasn't an act? Like, he actually was like that? Yeah, well. Surprise. He has an interesting book, though. It's uh, good for a lot of laughs. I haven't read it. And I'll, like, I'll admit, like, I was, I really liked Marilyn Manson. Like, right around the time I, like, started to discover, like, punk and hardcore, I also discovered, like, Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson and that kind of stuff. And I was, like, I was a really big fan yeah. for a long time. And I, then it I was, like him. I just wasn't don't until, like, agree with his, uh, his choices that he makes. His politics, yeah, like let's I, say, <laughs> even though they're not politics, but we'll just keep it at He'll that. just leave it like that, yeah. Yeah, the the first two records that that Marilyn Manson put out were awesome, like yeah. really fucking good. Um, and I I kind of like as the as his career went on, I kind of like lost touch of it, but still like really liked and appreciated those first two records. But yeah, he uh yeah, it is what it is. Um, so going back to you guys' stay in Europe that you're gonna be doing, um. You talked about the one show. What is some of the other shows that you guys are going to be doing there? Yeah, you said three weeks, right? Yeah. So we're we're like in the process of getting getting everything confirmed now. Um, that one show is the only one that's been announced. Uh-huh. Um, we are we are going to like be on some shows with some other bigger bands that are going to be in Europe at the same time. Um, can't really say who just because it's not confirmed that's fine um you don't want to jinx yourself and we are we are on one other fest um but we haven't been announced on it so it's like our our booking agent like you know europeans like they go on holiday for like three four weeks at a time because they're european and that's what europeans do i want to be european so he (laughs) yeah me too you you Um, were over the summer (laughs) yeah it was but uh yeah so he was uh he's getting back from holiday so we'll probably hear more pretty soon about like some of the other shows that are getting confirmed that's solid and we'll stay tuned for those announcements oh yeah we'll be we'll be posting those as soon as they they come through i'm i'm super fucking excited about going to europe like i i went over there in 2018 i did merch for street dogs and it's like you hear bands talk about like how different it is touring the states versus touring europe but you you can't really like get a grasp of it until you go over there and experience it so what what's your experience like it's just like people over there just have like the their passion for music is a lot different in in the way that they interact and just like the way that like they have the infrastructure already set up to take care of bands in terms of like hospitality and stuff like that and like i you know a lot of these festivals like they get subsidies from you know the government of like whatever country it is and so i just think that there's like just a general like greater appreciation of the arts 
And Ooh, that, I, would, uh, I would totally that, agree with that. And that transfers over into music and into like, you know, what, what these festivals end up being and, you know, giving bands the ability to like play these places throughout Europe and just have kids show up and just be super stoked on it. And like, we, you know, one thing we noticed and one thing that like really motivated us to go to Europe was like a lot of the people that were reaching out to us to buy merch and to buy records and to like, you know, ask us question about the bands. Like we're like at first, like a lot of people from Europe, yeah. um, especially people from Germany. So it's like, Oh, well, like, you know, we're not, I'm not mailing 15 records to New York, but I'm mailing 15 records to Germany. It, so it's, it seems like we it's should, been that way we should for go a to long Germany time. First. Yeah. I mean, and even like those big festivals over there, there's, you know, which I'm sure you have, we all have, we're the, we'll watch a band play to a hundred people. And then in Europe, they're playing to like 120,000 and the, everybody's going fucking crazy. You know, it's cra- mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Total extremes, dude. Blows me away. Yeah. But I'm like, I will say like, like I, you know, California, we, we saw a little bit of this um, in Denver. We're seeing a lot of it like post pandemic, like, tons and tons of people are coming to shows and you're getting more of that crowd that like doesn't care who's playing they just want to go off yeah and yeah. so like i feel like all, all over the place like shows are getting better attendance bands are getting better reactions like it's it's a great time for hardcore right now um yeah i but, couldn't agree more and, I think you can you can attribute a little bit of that to like you know like the turnstile effect um or like tiktok kids or whatever but at the end of the day like if more people are coming to shows that's better for everybody yeah yep like you know the the bands are playing to more people they're hopefully selling more merch they're hopefully making more money off the door you know the promoters are more motivated to bring in more hardcore bands because tons of people are coming up to see them yeah, so and it'll be like, the younger crowd that drives that. Like, it's not going to be like a bunch yeah. of dudes past 40 that are like salty that it's not the golden oldie days, and so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're like, fuck that. I'm not going there. Turnstiles there. They're not hardcore. You know, then you have nothing. So your arrogance mm-hmm. ruins the whole scene. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it turns those younger because, like, you can, you can take a kid whose first exposure to hardcore is turnstile and you'd be like, Oh, you like that band? Just check out this band. Yeah. You should check out this band. It's their gateway. And yeah, and like that's how that's how I found out about bands when I was younger is I knew older dudes who like had moved to New Mexico from the East Coast and, and like they were like, Oh, you like terror? Listen to Underdog. Listen to Judge listen to alone and crowd listen to killing time listen you know i got fed all of those older bands from older people in the scene and if they had just been like oh this kid doesn't fucking know anything he listens to fucking you know poison the well like that's not real hardcore or whatever you know somebody would have said at the time um you know i never would have gotten that education and i probably wouldn't still be involved in hardcore yeah i i don't um I don't like that elitism fucking gateway bullshit. Gatekeeping. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. 
ironic that it got brought up because we were literally just talking about yeah. it. <laughs> like our last interview, we were talking about black metal people gatekeeping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Deciphering what's real and what's not and whatever. Yeah. That, I don't I don't know a lot about black metal, but it seems like there's a lot more um, intricacies. I just think every genre. scene has yes their own no. fucking thing, you know? Like, every scene's going to have that, like, oh, we're the fucking true blah, blah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, it would go that yeah. way with anybody because, like, Country, you go do that with death metal. They're going to be like, okay, obituary and cannibal corpse, not uh, frozen soul and whatever, just because they're new, even though mm. they're just as good. Yeah, like, yeah. if you like both throw, you, you're going to like frozen soul. How can't you not? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, why? If you enjoy the music and you're appreciating that band, why not? expose it to other people so they can also enjoy it and help other people get exposed to it to where that band can continue to make music and actually have the resources to be able to make music and you know everything that comes with it yeah like you wouldn't have side by side youth of today judge seven seconds doing these like huge shows if there weren't younger bands that were introducing kids to the genre Right, in 2024. Yeah, I completely. So it, agree. it all comes it all comes full circle. Do you ever jam a uh, title fight? You remember that band? Yeah, okay, so I'm. This is probably going to be a really controversial opinion. I thought Title Fight was the most boring live band I had ever seen. <laughs> okay, I've never seen. I, have, I just like. I've never seen them live. I, I only like, brought them up because of the youth of today thing like it seemed like the singer was always in a youth of today t-shirt but well and they were hardcore kids and they they had their own like they had a side project band that was like a hardcore band um but like i just for for music that was coming out at that time that kind of sounded like that they just were not my cup of tea um i was really into like around that time i was really into make do and mend um this band from connecticut that was on um they were on like panic which was uh, a dude from trials label oh okay and um they i think they went on to like rise or pure noise or like one of those labels um that band was insanely good and like was kind of like kind of in that same in that same universe they were like a little bit more on like the touche amore like law dispute kind of side but they were definitely like not as artsy as those bands they were a little bit more like straightforward and had like more hardcore influence that's um, cool but like I, I love stuff like saves the day um, what are other stuff do i listen to like title like I, I listen to like a lot of, like i was jamming uh stateside ca stateside california today i think they just probably just go by stateside that band rips um there's I don't know, there's a lot of good like pop punk stuff out now, but like, yeah, title fight just never did it for me. Yeah, no, I just um, I I really like the uh, Floral Green album and the uh, and the writing in it, but I was just bringing that up because um, like I said, it, like the youth, like how all these bands, like you were saying, Youth of Today, Judge, influence all these kids, and you don't even realize it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never even listened to 
title fight. I was just looking it up to see if it was like something that rang about. Well, that the only reason I like heard about him was I saw Aaron from Bain wearing a title fight long sleeve sweatshirt or something, and I was like, title fight? What mm. the fuck is that? And that's how I discovered him. The community yeah, they, of they band played... shirts that have found helped other people find <laughs> bands <laughs> is that's literally the best <laughs> advertisement you could have as a band. There's a like well, so title fight played that last Bane show or the what, what was supposed to be the last Bane show. Yeah, I went to two um, of those, and I think the the ones in uh, Worcester. No, but I mean, I went to two last Bane shows. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think they've had a couple. Now. Yeah, um, they'll probably have a couple more. Yeah, I I remember seeing title fight at that show, and I. I booked title fight a couple times in Denver and uh, yeah, it just wasn't my thing, but I, I love the kids love it. Good for them. For sure. For sure. I, they, I don't even think um, they all went to school or something anyway, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the, I know like there's, you know, whenever people online talk about like bands that they want to see get back together, um, a lot of people always bring up title fight. So I would, I would assume that, at some point, someone will offer them the correct amount of money to As play another say, show or yep. something. But I don't, I don't, I don't really believe that bands break up anymore. They're just on on hiatus. <laughs> yeah, until they, they, well, yeah, they never, they actually never said anything. They just were like, "Here's our last record. Here's a video, little tour." Well, I mean, look Catch at later. look at like Black Sabbath and Kiss and all those guys oh, that yeah. were like, oh, we're quitting, oh, yeah. and then they never quit. Like for like, <laughs> It'd be like 30 years down the I road, know. and they're still going. So maybe people have learned from that, where the, they're like, like maybe the we Aussie shouldn't farewell. say anything in case we get back together. Or the, the Black Sabbath farewells. Like, yeah, that actually, I think the last one was, was the, the last, last one, one, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think I, I went to a Kiss farewell tour in 1996. I think. Yeah, and they just played their farewell show like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unless Jeremy has anything, I'm going to get to the the question question. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Ask the question. All right. So I don't know if you listened to any of our other episodes. And you already said Morrissey, so you can't use that. (laughs) But we always ask people, what is something that you listen to that people wouldn't expect you to listen to? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think because, like, I I post a lot about like on like on my personal like social media, like a lot of the stuff that I listen to that isn't hardcore. Yeah. Um, oh, you so said I'm trying you're, to think. You said of you're something. a record collector too. Um, is there anything oh, yeah. outside of like hardcore and punk and stuff that you collect? Oh God, yeah. Like I I collect like a lot of like the dark wave stuff, like Cold Cave, Dread Majesty. Oh, nice. Um, she passed away, like that kind of stuff. Like some, I like I I remember I can't I think it was Jeremy maybe like posted a Concrete Blonde record. Yep. On his Instagram, and I saw that, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, I love Concrete Blonde. But like as far as like stuff that I listen to that people might not know, damn. I don't even know if I, I don't, can like, answer there's... that question, to be honest. Okay, so <laughs> I think I, I could. if, if, if I, I have, like, I any, like, like I re- there's a, I don't listen to a lot of electronic music, right. but there's this guy named DJ Kiyoki, and he put out a record called Disco Death Race 2000, 
and it is like one of my all-time favorite records and it's like i i don't think you can find it on streaming um i like found a copy of it like in a hard drive that i had like a long time ago and got in i there was when i was in high school there was this girl that i was like interested in and her older sister like went to raves so she went to raves so i went to raves because i wanted to like <laughs> hang out with this girl For sure. and that was like there's there's like a couple like lasting musical impressions that that experience made on me and one of them was this guy dj kiyoki so i'm a big dj kiyoki fan that's shout my, out to my dj kiyoki i really like tori amos too but I talk about that a lot, so I don't think anybody doesn't know that. Well, I didn't. I um, do now, though. Yeah. Um, I like Tori okay. Amos. So. After we get off of this uh, podcast here, i got to ask you something about Tori Amos and your record collection there. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, the the new, that band Crashing Forward from San Diego, their new record is called Silent All These Years. And I reached out to Audi, the singer, and I was like, yo, is that a Tori Amos reference? Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, but I guess it could be. Oh, he didn't even do it on purpose? Huh. I was like, it would have been way cooler if you had said yes, but it's that's still a good record. So it's all good. All right, man. Do you have anything else that uh, you want to get off your chest before we wrap things up here? Uh, no, man. Uh, just, no, I, 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 probably, I probably disclosed. <laughs> I, I probably disclosed. Uh, more than I wanted to in this interview by talking about any beer and that I don't like title fight. I'm sure we're going to get trashed when people hear that, but oh, fuck sorry. It. It's, it's just a, me. I'm sure the right. rest of the dudes in the band. It's love just opinions. Fight, so don't, don't hate us because I thought they were boring. They'll get over it. Yeah. I hope so. Or forget about uh, it by yeah, the day uh, after anyways. Yeah. Somebody will get canceled like <laughs> shortly after they get that information and the, the cycle will reset itself and I'll disappear. Well, all right, man, we'll let you uh, get going, and we appreciate your time, and thank you for allowing us to sit and chat with you, and we look forward to uh, any upcoming show announcements and the, the EP getting repressed from Heroes and Martyrs. Yeah, thanks for getting on, man. And uh, I'm yeah. gonna, I'll am gonna i hit you up later about that ter- Tori Amos thing. I got to oh, go, I gotta go home first. I got to go home first and send you some pictures. Okay, sick. <laughs> Well, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you have a good night. All right. You too. Thanks. Peace.